This sermon is titled Daily Devotion The Pursuit of God The Pursuit of His Presence Part 3 Be enriched as you listen All right so today uh, we are in the last part of our message on daily devotion and the intent of this uh, this particular sermon series was to encourage each of us and it is to encourage each of us to seek god personally to have that personal life of devotion now some of us may be doing it already and hopefully this will come as a little encouragement to you uh, but for those of us who you know who are not very consistent hopefully you know these three sermons have helped you in some way to come to a place where you could have that life of devotion i want to quickly re- review what we did the last two sundays and then I'll bring this concluding message today as we talk about daily devotion. Now, in the very first part of this sermon series, we said uh we talked about daily devotion how to. We tried to communicate some very simple things that all of us could use in our personal lives to have or maintain a daily devotion before God, a life of daily devotion. We talked about three things we can do during our time of prayer. and then we talked about three things we can do in our time in the word of god how we spend time in the word and i'm not like we said in that message it, these are not 10 commandments these are not set in stone that this is the only thing you have to do no these are things that you know we share because we've applied them in our lives and we find them useful and you can do the same or something similar right so we talked about how we could when we pray we confess our heart to god we cast our cares on the lord we talked about how we thank god we engage in thanksgiving in worship and praise and we also talked about how we pray we pray in tongues we pray in the spirit we intercede we engage in prayer and then when you're t- spending time in the word uh, we talked about confessing the word of god we talked about memorizing and meditating in the script memorizing scriptures we also talked about meditative bible reading as when you read the bible meditate in it don't be in a rush to read a long passage uh, it's uh, we encourage you to chew on what you read and just digest that last sunday when jean ministered to us she talked about the importance or or she emphasized this that our life of daily devotion is not just about the time you spend alone with god at home in your room in your prayer closet it's not just that that's important that's foundational but really our life of devotion goes on throughout the day your entire day is an expression of your devotion to god and our life of devotion is expressed through a consecrated lifestyle that means everything we do during the course of the day is in honor of the lord it's consecrated to god and also we said it's about practicing the presence of god that means we are walking in the awareness the recognition that god is with us all the time so our daily devotion is not just about that time alone with god which is important but it continues on throughout the day throughout the day how you live life is an expression of our devotion to god so we looked at that last sunday You all with me so far? So today as we wrap up this message talking about daily devotion what I want to bear on our hearts is simply this that the goal of 
daily devotion, a life of daily devotion, is to know Him intimately and to glorify Him entirely. That's the objective. So our life of daily devotion is not, okay, God, I did it today, so you got to bless me today. <laughs> I'm not, you know, uh, paying my dues every morning. <laughs> That's not the point. You know, my spiritual dues. Our life of devotion is not something out of necessity in the sense of it's an obligation I have to keep put upon me by the church or the system that I'm part of. No, no. This life of daily devotion that you and I are engaged in, our primary goal is to know God intimately and to glorify Him entirely in our lives. That's it. So why are we pursuing Him? Why are we seeking to know Him? We want to know Him. That's why we are engaging in these practices or in these disciplines of devotion. Because we want to know God intimately. And we want God to be glorified in our lives. That's it. So I want to share a few thoughts on that. And I confess that this is a repeat of a message. Probably <laughs> I've repeated this many times in the past. One particular day, I went and looked it up. So I preached this sermon on Sunday, August 11, 2019. Okay. So I, because, you know, we've got all our sermons archived from 2004, so you can always go back and look it up. So I did preach this message. And that's a good thing, to repeat messages. You know, uh, sometimes you have to repeat a message a hundred times before you can become really good at it. <laughs> and before people actually get it, you know. So there are two reasons why we repeat messages. Okay. Anyway. The point is this, whatever I'm sharing today is nothing new. We've, we've, we've shared it many times before. But we need to be reminded. We need to be reminded. We need to be stirred up and encouraged to seek God. So, the premise is very simple. To know Him intimately, you've got to pursue Him. To know Him, you have to pursue Him. So let's say this together. To know Him, we have to pursue Him. God put it like this in Jeremiah 29 and verse 13. He said, and you, if you seek me, you will find me. If you search for me with all your Notice he said, if you seek me, you will find me. See, God loves to play hide and seek. <laughs> See, if you think God is hiding from you, quote unquote, hiding from you, can't feel him, God, where are you? I've been searching for you. Where are you hiding? Well, if God seems like he's hiding from you, all he's trying to do is to get you to seek him. He's trying to say, hello, I want you to seek me. I want you to come after me. So God is not hiding from you in order to stay away from you. He's hiding from you in order to draw you to him. Amen? So anytime you feel like, where is God? Don't think he disappeared from your life. 
saying bye-bye. No. If you feel like, where is he? That's his way of saying, I want you to seek me. I want you to come after me. Because it's when we seek him, we find him. You see, many times we take this opposite way of thinking. Let God come after me. I'm sure he, he will come after you. And he has already come after you and me. 2,000 years ago, he said to his son. So it's like your turn now. What will you do to seek him? If you seek me, you will find me. It means you will encounter him. You will experience him. You will uh, receive something from him as you pursue him. He's not going to leave you hanging. God is lost. I don't know where he is. <laughs> no, if you seek him, you will find him. You will encounter him. You will experience him. But there's a clause there. You must seek me with all your hearts. And I just want to expand that part a little bit for us this morning. To seek God with all our hearts. So we need to pursue God. Seek Him. And when we are pursuing God, we really want to know Him. We want to know who He is. We want to know His heart. What, what are His feelings? What are his desires? What are the things he likes and what are the things he dislikes? We want to know his plans, his ways, so we can walk with him. And we want to know his power. We want to know how great and how big and mighty our God is, so that when you and I face things in life, we know that our God is bigger, greater, and stronger than the things we face. Amen? So we want to know Him intimately. But in order to know Him, we have to pursue Him. And I want to share this, these simple uh, thoughts here that will help us and motivate us on how to pursue God, how to pursue Him uh, so that we can encounter Him. Number one, to know Him intimately, we have to pursue Him passionately. So let's say this together. To know God intimately... I have to pursue him passionately. I hope there's some passion in what you say. <laughs> to know God intimately, I have to pursue him passionately. Now, how do we, you know, describe this? How do we communicate this? Now, we could use some synonymous words, we can say, you know, you have to have zeal. You have to have excitement when you're pursuing God. You've got to have some energy when you're pursuing God. But I think a little story here might help. You know, think about a, a little kid in the classroom. It's geography class or history class, you know. And as he, he's sitting in class, he's so bored, totally disconnected from what is going on. And he's like nodding off on his desk, barely sitting up, waiting for the bell to ring. Everything teacher is saying is like just going into oblivion. Nothing is getting in. He's, he like, he's, he's, he's already asleep, but he's there in class. But the moment the bell rings, he suddenly comes alive. He grabs his football. He's out on the field. And I say, hey, Two minutes, you were not. Two minutes back, you were nodding in class. 
But now he's so full of energy, so full of life, excited out on the field. This is nothing against geography and history teachers. <laughs> but the point is, he's got passion for that, not for this. He's bored. He's disconnected from the lesson in class. But when it comes to getting out there and playing the game, he's so passionate. Think about you and me sitting in front of the Bible. How is it? Is it the nod or is it the passion? When you put the Bible in front of you, is it time you think, oh, I'm going to fall asleep? Or is there a sense of excitement? God is going to speak something to me today. Maybe there are questions. Maybe there are challenges you're facing. Maybe there are complex situations and you need, to, you need some wisdom to figure out what to do. And in the, in the midst of it, as you put your Bible in front of you, there is that excitement that God Almighty is going to speak to you in that situation. That's passion. Amen? That means you are passionate about your seeking God. And to know Him intimately, we have to seek Him passionately. The psalmist put it like this in Psalm 63, verses 1, 2, and 3. He said, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Verse 3, because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Now the psalmist is comparing his seeking of God to somebody who's so thirsty and then his thirst is quenched. Now, you and, I you and I have experienced this in the natural. You know, uh, if you're really thirsty, and when you get that cup of water in, what a feeling. Ah, oh, refreshed. And that's what the psalmist is saying. For him, it's like to see God. It's like my thirst is refreshed. Amen. That's expressing how much he longs for God and what he experiences when he encounters God. The second thing we can say about seeking God, in order to know him intimately, we have to pursue him wholeheartedly. So let's say this together. To know God intimately... I must pursue him wholeheartedly. See, God is desiring for our wholehearted pursuit of him. He wants us to come after him with everything we've got. Spirit, soul, body, everything in it. Pursue him wholeheartedly. That means God you are most important to me, and I'm coming after you with everything I have. I'm putting it all here. I'm coming after you wholeheartedly. The opposite, of course, would be half-hearted. You know, 
I'm praying, but I'm not really into it, or when will this 15 minutes get over? <laughs> I know, I've been there, you know, in those early days, trying to understand how to pray. <laughs> Think you prayed for, man, this is an hour, and look at this, five minutes. <laughs> but God wants us. He says, and you know, Jesus put it like this in Matthew Mark 12, 29, 30, he said, you will, this is the greatest commandment. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Every part of your being is loving God, is crying out for Him. It's saying, this God, every part of my being is devoted to you. Every part of my being is for you. And he said, that's the greatest commandment, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So you seek him wholeheartedly. God, I'm bringing all of me to you as I seek you. Amen? But that kind of seeking is what is going to enable us to know him intimately, to encounter him. Because God said, I'm repeating Jeremiah 29, 13. If you seek me, you will find me. But if you search for me or seek me with all your heart, all your heart, all of me, God, is coming after you, seeking you with all my heart. Amen? So, how are you seeking after God today? Where are you? If we were to take your seeking God temperature, put in a thermometer into your spirit, let it come out all frozen. Love has grown cold, Jesus said, you know. Hey, this is cold. Or is it going to come out and say, hey, this is hitting 100, you know. Is there your whole being seeking God, seeking Him wholeheartedly? The third thing we learn in Scripture in order to seek God, if we have to know God intimately, we have to pursue Him intently. So let this, let's say this together. In order to know Him intimately, I must pursue Him intently. So intently meaning he is our single focus. Right? He, is, he has our full attention. I'm intent, focused, full attention, undivided focus. When we come into that time of seeking God, whether you're reading the Bible, whether you're praying, whether you're worshiping, you're seeking Him with full undivided attention on God. Now, this is very difficult for us because you got our dear friend called cell phone <laughs> who comes along with us everywhere. And just as a mom that moment you think you're connecting with God, ding, you know, <laughs> oh, there's a message I need to check or somebody's calling. And so we are, it's, it almost seems difficult 
to give God our, our undivided attention because of all these things that are around us. But that's the very thing God says, I want from you if you are going to know me intimately. In order to know him intimately, we have to pursue him intently. David put it like this, and we are familiar with this scripture in Psalm 27 verse 4. David said, one thing have I desired from the Lord. One thing will I seek, that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. That means both my eyes are on Him, not one eye on Him, one eye here. <laughs> no, I may gaze upon the beauty. I am enthralled by who He is. Gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Or behold the beauty of the Lord. And inquire in this temple. And he says in verse 8, when the Lord said, seek my face, he said, your face, Lord, I will seek. Means my gaze is completely, entirely on you. That's seeking God intently. You're fully focused on the Lord. Amen? So I want to encourage you and me. When you have your time of devotion, put your phone away. The world will still continue peacefully. Don't worry. The world won't fall apart if you don't answer the phone. You wake up 24 hours later, it'll still be there. <laughs> don't worry. Just seek Him. Say, God, I'll seek you. Because to know Him intimately, we have to pursue Him intently. Undivided attention. Amen? So practice that. Pursue Him passionately. Pursue Him wholeheartedly. Pursue Him intently. Practice it. Full attention on God. If you're going to read 10 verses, okay, you've, maybe you've said 15 minutes aside, maybe you've said 30 minutes aside, whatever time you've said, that time, let us give it undivided to God. Undivided. The fourth thing that we see in Scripture on how to pursue God, to know Him intimately, we must pursue Him sincerely. Let's say this together. To know Him intimately, we must pursue Him sincerely. Now, what does that mean? You see, our religious training has taught us you bargain with God. God, I'll give you 30 minutes today. When I go to the office, I need a promotion. God, I will pray five minutes. You must help me pass my exam. So, we are doing something because I want something. Now, don't worry. God is interested in your promotion. God is interested in you passing the exam. Don't get me wrong. 
But how about seeking God because He's God? How about seeking Him because you want Him? Jesus said this. He said, the time has come when those who worship the Father will worship Him in spirit and in truth. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. And the Father is seeking for such people to worship Him. So what is God longing for? He's longing for people who will worship Him in spirit. It's a spiritual thing. And in truth. Meaning in sincerity. Sincerely. Not God, I will worship you so that you will give me something. Give me that. Give me this. Give me. Now, there's nothing wrong. God is there to meet our needs. He said He is Jehovah Jireh. He will meet our needs. And there's nothing wrong. There is a time and a place when you say, God, do the, uh, meet my need. There is a time. Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. So there is a place for it. Don't get me wrong. But when we are seeking Him, we say, God, I'm here for you. Amen. I'm here for you because I want you. I want to know you. I want to encounter you. I want to know your hearts. That's why I'm here. Sincerity. So to know him intimately, we have to pursue him sincerely. So the next time you read the Bible, you don't sit in front of the Bible because pastor is going to ask me, next Sunday, did you read your Bible? Or somebody else is going to ask. No, 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 no. God, I'm here because I want to hear what you have to say to me. I'm here because I want to listen. I want to know you. I want to know your heart. I want to know your ways. I want you, God. That's why I'm here. Oh, when you are worshiping or praying, God, I'm here just for you, God. I want to know you. And God says, that's what I'm looking for. Because a father is seeking for such. He's looking for such. And in Jesus' time, and even during the time of the Old Testament prophets, you know, God spoke, he said, they draw near to me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. In other words, they've got all the right words, they've got all the right things they're saying, but their heart's not there. So Father wasn't impressed. He says, I'm looking there. I'm looking for people who will not just come to me with the right words, I'm looking for people who come to me with the right heart in sincerity and truth. So, to know God intimately, we have to pursue Him 
sincerely. So the next time you, you go to pray, just say, God, I'm here for you. He'll be so happy. He said, man, I've been waiting for this. That's colloquial English. Okay. Number five. To know him intimately, we have to pursue him sacrificially. To know him intimately, we have to pursue him So sometimes pursuing God is not easy. And a great example or a great thing, a way to illustrate this is in the ministry of the Lord Jesus himself. You know, he had such a powerful ministry. Matthew 14, 22, 23. There were so many people coming, uh, making demands on his time. He had to pray for so many people. He had to preach to so many people. Uh, he had his own disciples around him. And it's very interesting when you observe the ministry of Jesus. Time and time again, he, he sent the multitudes away, and he sent his own disciples away. And Matthew 14, 22, 23 is one example. So that he could go alone to be with the Father. So what can you and I put away to go be alone with God? That's a sacrifice that you and I make. You know, sometimes it may be our work, our friends, our social network. You know, maybe all your friends are going for a movie. Now, there's nothing wrong. If you want to watch a movie, watch a movie. But maybe that's the only off time you have. And you've been longing to spend time with God. And so now you've got to make a choice with, should I sit and watch a movie for two hours? Or can I give that two hours with God. Nothing wrong if you sit and watch the movie for two hours. God is not going to fall down dead. Don't worry. What I'm saying is, you make a choice. Maybe that's the only spare time you have. And instead of being with your friends, watching the movie, which you can do, you say, guys, I've got an appointment at the same time. What appointment? Hey, I have an appointment. And for you, that appointment is with God. So you sacrifice those two hours, which you could have spent in recreation, in socializing, going out to a restaurant, whatever. You could have done that, and God will not be upset with you for doing it, but you've chosen to sacrifice that in order to go and pray or read your Bible or, or seek God in whatever way you want to seek God. You know, the God of heaven watches that sacrifice. He sees that sacrifice. Are you understanding? It's a willing sacrifice you've made. It's not like Gabriel came and said, Thou shalt sacrifice your movie night tonight. <laughs> no. You don't need an angel to come and tell you to do that. It's a choice you make. But you choose to sacrifice that time in order to go and be with God and say, Father, I'm here. I, I just want to pray before you. Father, I'm here. I just want to spend time in your word or listen to the word of God being preached or whatever, however you want to seek God. You go before God. You sacrifice that time. You go and seek the Lord. And that sacrificial pursuit of God is going to help you and me get to know him intimately. 
Amen? You're going to know Him. That's your reward as you sacrifice to know God. The Apostle Paul put it like this. He said, this is in Philippians chapter 3. He said, what things were gained to me, those I counted as loss for Christ, that I might know him. That I might know him. Now, all things were gained to me. I let it go. Because I wanted something higher and better. For me. Something, something was more valuable to me. And that was to know him. To know Jesus. Amen? So, there's a sacrifice. What was gain? What I could have benefited I am letting go because I'm perceiving something and that something that I'm perceiving is simply to know Jesus, to know Him. Amen? Lastly, worship team, please come. To know Him intimately, we have to pursue Him expectantly. That means there is an expectation that you are going to meet Him. And there's nothing wrong with it because he said, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me, you will find me. So as you go to seek the Lord, either through the reading of his word, through prayer, through worship, however you're doing it, you're going with an expectation, I'm going to meet God. God is going to speak to me. God is going to touch me. I'm going to encounter God. So you're pursuing him with expectation. The Bible says, 1 Peter 5, he says, If we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. You move close to him, he moves close to you. You move closer to him, he moves closer to you. If we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. So it's in the Word. And you know that when you go to seek Him, when you draw near to Him, He will draw near to you. He will speak to you. He will come closer to you. You will encounter Him. Hosea chapter 6, the prophet Hosea said, Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Most High. Let's, let's go after this. Let's go after knowing God. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Most High. For He will come to us like the rain. So when we pursue Him, what will happen? He will come to us like the rain. Refreshing, bringing change, bringing healing. He will come to us. When we pursue, He will come. So you, there's an expectation. When you read your Bible, God, I'm expecting you to speak to me. When you pray, God, I'm expecting you to touch. There's that expectation. I'm going to meet God. He's going to do something. He's going to touch me. So to put all this together, 
Let's put in a statement. To know Him intimately, we must pursue Him passionately, wholeheartedly, intently, sincerely, sacrificially, and expecting. Let's say that together. Let's say this together. Pursue Him passionately, wholeheartedly, intently, sincerely, sacrificially, and expectantly. Pursue Him like that and you'll get to know Him intimately. And out of that place of intimacy, everything flows, life flows. Fruitfulness comes in ministry. Strength comes for life. Out of that place of intimacy with God, everything comes. Amen? Now, this is just a side note. 11 days ago, over in, at, at Asbury University on Wednesday, February 8th, it was a 10 o'clock chapel service. The students, about 30 students were gathered together for their chapel service and I guess getting ready for the day. And something happens. The Spirit of God just moved up upon them and they just continued in worship and prayer. And that, and the numbers of students just increased. That auditorium was packed. Our worship and prayer and seeking God has been going on non-stop from February 8th till now, even as we're speaking in that auditorium. And all students, many of you may have seen those videos and so on. Just students seeking God. And of course, there are visitors coming in. And, and those of you who are familiar with terminology, people are calling it a revival, a visitation, a move of God. And it is true. Because you cannot manufacture that kind of pursuit of God. You cannot manufacture. You'll run out of steam. But to think about a community of students seeking God in this way. They don't have LED screens for nice graphics. <laughs> they have no lyrics coming up. It's just the students leading the way, singing. There are no celebrities. There are no great preachers, nothing. It's just simple people. But the presence of God it's just, has just been poured out. And according to news, and, and again, this is just news. I mean, I'm not saying I, I verified this, but this has now spread to 18 other places in the U.S. and other countries, Middle East, Africa. It's just spread. Where similarly people are gathering, and it's just happening. They're just going in continuous prayer and worship and seeking God. Canceling out. I know some students will be very happy. No classes. <laughs> Just seeking God. Just seeking God. Which means God is doing something on the earth. God is doing something. It cannot happen by human efforts. You cannot manufacture this kind of a thing by a program. It's, it's, you cannot do it. And 
Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1, the prophet said, Ask God for rain in the time of the latter rain and he will give rain to every grass in the field. In other words, he says, when you see it raining, ask God for some, some for yourself. Ask God for rain in the time of the latter rain and he will give rain. It means now is the time for you and me to pray and say, God, if you're doing it there, do it here. Rain on me. On us. Say, God, start with, my, start with me. Start with my family. Start with the church community. Start here, God. I just, I also want some of that rain that brings reviving, refreshing, renewing. So I want to encourage us. I'm not saying we should manufacture it. We're not, man, not here to do that. I'm here to say that we should ask for it. Ask for rain. Say, God, if you're pouring out your spirit and doing something unusual in those places, God, do it here. God, do it for me. God, do it amongst the people that I am part of. Just ask. And his word is, ask for rain in the time of the latter rain, and he will give rain. He will give rain. In the month of March, we're going to be 30 days, the entire month, every evening, except the weekends, because things are there happening on the weekends. But during the week, Monday to Friday, every evening, 7 to 9, we're just going to seek God. Join in if you can, or from home, wherever you are. If you can come in person, it's great, but if you can connect online, that's fine. But just let's seek God. Just seek God. If you pursue Him, He will come to us like the rain. And that's what we want. We want more of Him. Amen? Let's rise to our feet, please. Even as we get ready to close, I want us to just say, God, help me. Help me to pursue you even more. I know many of us here are people who love God. We love God. We, we are pursuing God. I'm not saying we are not. But let's ask God to increase our pursuit of Him. To make it that much more stronger. You know, we, like we heard, passionately, wholeheartedly, Sincerely, intently, sacrificially, expectantly. God, help me to do this. Light a fire. If there's no fire, God, I need some fire. Or if the fire is burning, God, make it bigger till it consumes my whole being. Amen? The fire of of passion for God or seeking God, Lord, light it, ignite it. And if it's already burning, make it bigger, God. Make it stronger in each of our hearts, in each of our lives. May we seek your God. So let's just go into this time of seeking God. Don't worry. I don't know what time it is. Don't worry. <laughs> just seek God. Just seek Him. And say, I want to seek you, Father.
majesty, your grace, your grace has found me just as I am, empty-handed but alive in your hands, singing majesty, majesty, forever, forever I'm changed by your love, in the presence of your Father, we just pray that you will ignite every heart, every life here, God. Set a fire inside of us. A fire of passion for your name. A fire, God, of passion for you. Ignite our hearts. Father, I pray for a holy fire to be lit in each of us a fire that births revelation of you a revelation of who you are a fire that 
causes us, that consumes us to seek you, to come after you. Ignite that fire in each of our hearts, Father God. Let that fire burn even more and more in each of our hearts, in each of our lives. That we will be passionate for you. Ignite that fire, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. Presence. 